Welcome to Fertility Friendly Food. I'm your host, Stephanie Velarkis, accredited practicing dietitian and nutritionist and director of The Dietologist, an Australian-based practice focused on optimizing fertility through nutrition. This podcast will bring you snack-sized episodes for you to learn, grow, and be inspired by the latest research, facts, and practical lifestyle tips about eating well for optimal fertility, helping you cut through the confusion and myths to take back some of the control on your fertility journey, one bite at a time. Welcome back to another episode of Fertility Friendly Food, the podcast. My name is Stephanie Vlarkis, and I'm an expert fertility dietitian and nutritionist and founder of The Dietologist and, of course, your podcast host. And I've had the absolute honor of supporting thousands of people from around the world support their bodies and minds using diet and lifestyle on their preconception and fertility journeys. If you'd like to find out more about how we can support you here at The Dietologist, we're a virtual clinic. There are links in the show notes below for you to connect with us and I'll be making a little special announcement very shortly. So this episode, we are unpacking a common dilemma many of you will be familiar with and I thought it was the perfect follow-up episode to last week's episode where we discussed letting go of perfectionism. So if you haven't already, make sure you go back and tune into that episode first before popping back over here. Otherwise, you probably won't have quite enough relevant context for us to get into this episode. But before we do get into this episode of Fertility Friendly Food, I just want to remind you that on August 1st, 2022, we are relaunching Fertility 360 for round two. This is a first of its kind global digital four-week program designed to walk you through the four key areas of preconception preparation, medical, nutrition, exercise, and psychology, each led by experts from each area. We guide, support, and teach you so you can feel prepared and confident for conception using our signature 360-degree approach. It's open to everyone from around the world, so if you're thinking about trying to conceive in the next 3 to 12 months and want to be proactive about your fertility and future baby's health, then this is for you. Drop your name below on the wait list to receive exclusive bonuses and also be the first note when doors open. All right, let's get into today's episode. I want to paint a bit of a picture for you. Now, you decide it's time to make a baby, however that looks for you. Maybe it's donor sperm, IUI or IVF with your eggs to pursue single motherhood by choice. Perhaps you're in a same-sex relationship and you're using donor sperm or reciprocal IVF, or you decide to just stop not, not trying with your male partner. It's exciting times. Perhaps you're feeling excited at the possibility of growing your family and you know it could take a little bit of time to happen, but that's okay. You're prepared and you're ready. Then you start going into research mode like any responsible parent to be. After all, if you're going to research the best pram, the best car seat in the not too distant future, you should be looking at what the best prenatal vitamin is, the best kinds of exercises to do, what to avoid, what to eat, what not to eat, how to track your cycle properly so you can time intercourse perfectly to conceive for those that are conceiving that way. And voila you're in overwhelm mode. This is typically when people stumble across our blog, our podcast, Instagram page, and start to find some clarity and start to unlearn some of the misinformation they've learned along the way and start to find that clarity on their trying to conceive path. But here's the thing. Life doesn't stop when you start trying to conceive. 
And often most people, for whatever reason, don't announce to their family and friends that, hey, we're going to start trying for a baby now because ultimately that generates lots of annoying messages from your mom or your sister or your cousin about whether you got your period or not this month. And if you're not pregnant this month, that is really, really tough stuff. And it gets really not so fun after a little bit. So yeah, I completely understand people not necessarily wanting to be open with their immediate family about their plans of conceiving. Some people do and they're able to draw those boundaries with people to prevent them from checking in, but obviously it's going to depend on your personal networks yourself. So perhaps it's just you and your partner or your support person or support people that know what's going on, which is a lot, a lot to bear because there's a lot of moving parts that go on behind the scene. And life still goes on, hopefully, whilst trying to conceive, runs in the forefront or in the background, depending. People still get married and want a champagne toast at their wedding. You still have after work drinks and events. You still have your best friend's hen's party. You still want to enjoy a night out at a nice restaurant for your birthday. You still go on holidays and plan trips, potentially. And each of these circumstances presents its own unique little lifestyle dilemmas when it comes to trying to conceive. Do you drink the champagne at the wedding to celebrate your friend's nuptials? But won't that be bad if I am pregnant this month? We are in the two-week way, but if I say no, people will ask questions and then I don't want to talk about, about it with them either right now. So what do I do? Do I enjoy the birthday meal out and not worry about the butter and the saturated fats and the sugary cocktails that I really want to have? Should I just stay home instead and avoid it all or choose something a little quote unquote healthier, but less enjoyable? What about on holiday? It's more than just one meal I'm eating. Should I be making sure my meals are a bit more balanced? But I don't want to miss out on delicious gelato in Italy or my favorite pina colada at the poolside in Bali. So here's the thing. Trying to conceive can take over your life and especially your social life, which are almost always characterized by food and drink. This is why your diet and nutrition is far more than just eating your fruits and veg and the nutrients with them. It is about memories, experiences, social connection. And in fact, this is what underpins the world famous Mediterranean dietary pattern. Before we even look at food and nutrition as part of this diet, which we actually know is optimal for fertility for both males and females, a lot of what the Mediterranean lifestyle is about is about social connection over food. So should we be living our best social lives every day of the week and weekend and say yes to every drink we're handed and delicious morsel of food that we're given if we're in the throes of fertility treatments or trying to conceive? Well, perhaps not. But we also don't have to say a blanket no to absolutely everything and socially withdraw altogether either. It's all about the gray area, aka the middle ground. I personally hate the word moderation, so I avoid it at all costs, but hopefully you're picking up what I'm putting down. So how do we embrace this all elusive middle ground? Well, first, you have to let go of the perfectionism and remember that one thing you did or didn't do will not make or break you. And I think that last episode hopefully got that message across. So we've got to let go of that part and let's move on to some other practical suggestions in social settings. So if you have a bit of visibility with your social calendar, make some judicious choices. If you have three birthdays, a wedding, a hen's night, a dinner out with your partner in a month, 
two cocktails at each event is certainly going to add up and put us up and over the ideal amount of alcohol consumption when it comes to conception. So perhaps you do one of the following. You pick one or two events you may want to have an alcohol beverage at and enjoy it. Perhaps some events fall in your follicular phase of your cycle, that is before you ovulate. That may be a slightly better time to have a drink versus your luteal phase, for example, which is after you ovulate where you may be potentially pregnant if you tried that month. If you're doing IVF or fertility treatments, it might be best to have almost no alcohol. So if you're going alcohol free, have a bit of a plan because sadly people want to pry and ask questions about why you're not drinking alcohol. And these often come with other questions about whether you're pregnant or not, which can be extremely insensitive when you're trying very, very hard to be pregnant. So I just want you to have a few excuses if you don't want to talk about it up your sleeve, taking antibiotics, being the designated driver, having an early start the next day if you'd rather not talk about your story. Or if you're happy, share a little bit about your story saying, hey, we're going through IVF at the moment. It's best we're not drinking alcohol and leave it leave it at that. And if they feel really awkward about that, well, that's kind of their fault in my opinion. I do have a blog post I wrote a little while ago about excuses you can use in social situations to avoid alcohol. So I'll leave that linked for you in the show notes. On the food front, you're going to need to zoom out a bit and think about the week and decide what the plan is there. If it's just one meal out in the week in the context of eating the rainbow, incorporating lean proteins, whole grains, nuts, seeds, healthy fats, and all the nourishing stuff, then don't sweat the small stuff. If the week has been a bit bumpy with an unexpected work lunch where you didn't get to choose a restaurant, a stuff it, Uber Eats night on a Friday night because you were smashed with work or you just couldn't be bothered. Don't worry, it happens. And then you're at this event and it's going to be canapes and dessert. Then maybe picking up a few supplies to eat a small balanced meal before heading out is a better game plan in the context of that week. Remember, we are embracing imperfection and flexibility. The next thing is, what do I do if I think I could be pregnant, but I'm not sure yet when it comes to food safety considerations in pregnancy? As many of you heard in our food safety in pregnancy episode with Kaylee, head on back and listen to that if you haven't already. Food safety is an important consideration, but it won't play a role in the luteal phase in terms of implantation. So don't stress about that. You can absolutely enjoy a few au naturel oysters or even some brie cheese on crackers until you're testing positive on a pregnancy test. Don't forget, we have our Food Safety in Pregnancy Masterclass now available for you to download and watch alongside the e-guide that you can access 24-7 anytime from before you conceive to when, when you get your positive pregnancy test and you just want to know right away what you need to be worried about, then this is for you. It's been designed by our expert pregnancy dietitian, Kaylee Slater, and she walks you through it all with one year's access. And we're also donating some proceeds to Panda, $10 from every ticket sold uh, to an awesome cause focused on perinatal anxiety and depression support resources for parents and parents-to-be. So I'll leave the link to that below as well. So Some of you might be thinking, oh, I have another health goal which affects my fertility and reproductive health like PCOS or endometriosis or hypothalamic amenorrhea that influences my food choices. What do I do then? This is tricky, undeniably. Obviously, like any chronic condition, consistency in applying lifestyle strategies is key to long-term outcomes and success, but you still have to live a little too. For some people like myself, 
I personally know with my endometriosis, if I drink too much alcohol or enjoy too many deep fried foods in the context of a week, my endo is going to arc up with pain and symptoms and bloating and that wipes me out when it comes to work and other parts of my life. That's a cost I'm very rarely willing to pay. So I'm more likely to make adjustments in my social life and I do so usually quite unapologetically. For others, you might go in eyes wide open, as I say, knowing that potentially this occasion is going to throw you for a bit of a loop for a few days or a week, but you're willing to accept that. At the end of the day, you're an adult, you can decide, nobody's stopping you, but do it without guilt or shame. Otherwise, truly, what's the point? Are you really enjoying yourself? And my final little tidbit is infertility, fertility treatments, trying to conceive can occupy so much mental real estate and influence so many of our decisions when it comes to our day-to-day lives, including our social lives. But we need to be really mindful of its impact on our social and mental well-being and what sacrifices we're having to make and which ones are likely to hurt us in other ways like social isolation, feeling excluded or not enjoying life, which can really exacerbate many mental health concerns and generalized stress and a sense of well-being. I know it's hard when you're waking up at 6am to get your butt into a clinic for blood pokes and ultrasounds, injecting yourself wherever because it's time to inject your IVF medications to just say, participate in your life as before. That obviously isn't always possible or practical 100% of the time, but whatever the outcome on your trying to conceive journey, I don't know many people who want to look back and say, I hit pause on everything in my life for this and I was miserable. And I think that's really the key takeaway. So live life, as few regrets as possible, wherever you can, embrace the flexibility. As I always, always say, as frustrating as it may be for those of you who are trying really hard to conceive, still 50% of pregnancies are still unplanned and many people are eating, drinking, doing whatever they want until they find out, which sometimes isn't until they're five to seven weeks pregnant, sometimes eight weeks I've heard. Sure, it is an ideal, but it does happen. And I know that's a really frustrating thing to hear. So we always have to keep that in mind because half the time, you know, this is happening and most of the time everything ends up being fine in the end in terms of baby's health. So I hope this episode was useful for you. I have linked to the other podcast episodes, including the perfectionism and food safety episode as well, as well as the food safety masterclass and our blog on excuses to avoid drinking alcohol. Plus, don't forget the wait list for Fertility 360 round two. It's launching August 1st. And of course, Kaylee's new pregnancy masterclass. So don't forget to subscribe, follow on whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening on, leave us a five-star review. And this is a free and the best way that you can support this podcast. So please take 30 seconds and it really, really makes our day. We are a hundred percent independent podcast. We're doing this for you. So we really appreciate your support. Share it with a friend who might benefit and I will catch you in the next episode, everyone. Bye.